He's here. He's here. It's in the flesh. We're here. Doug Branson. Spectrum Center. He's here in Charlotte. We're going to give you a full game recap. The home opener for the Charlotte Hornets against the New Orleans Pelicans. Stick around right here. Locked on Hornets. We're locked on Hornets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In a minute, cuz. We live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are live at the Spectrum Center. We appreciate you making us your first listen every day. We're free and available anywhere you get your podcast. That includes YouTube, where you see the background of the Spectrum Center. I believe a first, Doug, a first for Locked On Hornets. I believe that's right, where we will be hosting at the arena after a game. And what better way to do it? Well, I guess they could have won. But what else better way to do it than the home opener of the 2022 season? Well, I thought, you know, even though they didn't win, I thought, but uh, they, they fought hard. I know Steve Clifford was not happy with the result, but I think, honestly, I think fans at home watching this game are going to go, well, you know, they, they fought back several times. Uh, they, they weren't down, you know, by 20-plus at any point in this game, and they didn't have LaMelo Ball against a really talented New Orleans Pelicans team. So I think fans are going to come away with this actually a little bit more encouraged than head coach Steve Clifford. <laughs> I haven't seen the press conference, but I've seen some of the quotes, and he was not happy. I was there. And Steve Clifford was pretty angry. And it was funny because he wanted to say afterwards, like, it's not like we didn't do anything well. We did some good things. But undisciplined basketball is what he called it. Too many unforced turnovers. He said he is not giving credit to New Orleans defense when they were turning it over. It wasn't them doing anything that got Charlotte out of a rhythm. It was unforced turnovers, and then it was defending and fouling while defending. That they could not stop fouling down low, especially, and that was a big problem. Steve Clifford was really frustrated about all of that and said flat out, it's bad basketball. It doesn't matter if it's the second game of the season. He came out immediately and said, this is not something that we can do and expect to win ball games. We will not win. Flat out said it. Like this is a this is different messaging, Doug. Yeah. This is a different messenger from right. Steve Clifford compared to JB and former a locked on Hornets alum, not of the scribe. I think did say it best. He said, "This does not happen." when JB comes to the podium after a game, especially in game two. Clifford not handling the BS here, okay? He's not here for it. No, you very rarely, if at all, ever saw James Borrego get that intense. And and we don't know what happened in the locker room, right? He he does that, you know, for, for the media. We don't know what it was like in that locker room, but I bet it was it was intense in there as well. Going back to the turnover situation, I totally agree with Steve Clifford. So many of those turnovers were just bad pass, mental errors, or and a lot of times those turnovers, Walker, especially in the first quarter, were happening after they got defensive stops against Zion Williamson. Like the game plan was great. They were doubling Zion in the paint. They were they were trapping Brandon Ingram to keep him out of the paint. Like the game plan was great and they were executing it and then turning the basketball over. I looked this up. So New Orleans actually had more turnovers in this game, yeah. 16 to 14. The problem was 24 points scored by New Orleans off of those turnovers because those were unforced errors, because those were errors that immediately led to easy New Orleans points. Steve Clifford mad with the unforced turnovers. There's no doubt about it. And I don't think 
that was the biggest difference in the game. It was the other thing Steve Clifford said. It okay. was the free throw shooting. Oh it gosh. was the fouling on oh part of the gosh. Hornets. And maybe some of them were questionable calls. But there were fouls. I mean, you could see it on the replay. It was the it was the Hornets' fault, and Steve Clifford recognized that. Here was the foul line stats for each of the teams in this game. The Pelicans go 32 of 37. So they shot 37 free throws, and they made 32 of them. And then you go to the Hornets. The Hornets shot 14, and they made 11. Right. So a decent percentage. But 32 free throws made for the Pelicans, 11 11 made for the Charlotte Hornets. That was the biggest difference. And here's the thing. My timeline tells me that the Hornets played well. I was saying that the Hornets kind of played well, like at least something that I didn't expect, especially with the tanking conversation coming into the season. And here they are. The timeline, it seems like fans are actually pretty pleased with it. They're okay with it. Yeah, I'm going to read you what I wrote down in my notebook. This was 521 in the third quarter. They the the New Orleans Pelicans already go in the into the penalty, and then immediately after that, I write, "Why Kelly? Why would you even stick your hands near Jonas's <laughs> chest when you're in the penalty?" He immediately got subbed. Gordon Hayward kept knocking down shot after shot to pull them back into this game. Then I wrote, "Why Nick Richards? Why would you even stick your hands near Jonas's chest when you're in the penalty?" Mason Plumley in the fourth quarter had one that I swear I looked over at Clifford. He looked like he was doubled over in pain. He looked like me after I eat a meatball sub and I had and I forgot to take my Pepsi. Like, oh, mm. what did you do? Whoa, why? That's what he looked like. Did he sound like that too? No, I didn't sound like okay. that's what I sound like when I eat a meatball yeah. sub and I forget to take the Pepsi and the acid in my tummy goes. Blah, 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 blah. By the way, I was saying that they were okay <laughs> with it. I meant the fans were okay with the game, but I got distracted because I thought we were about to have a scene go down here just as we're at the Spectrum Center. I thought we were going to well, get always, some security, well, some always, profanity. Well, it's always touchy because you know it's cleanup time. Everybody's ready to go home. We're being a nuisance right we now, are. but that's okay because we've got important information to deliver. Because I, you know, Walker, I think that there were some. Bad Bad thing and, and another bad thing is they couldn't sustain play. Yeah. There were so many opportunities. They got this thing down to two at one point, and then every time they would chip away at the lead and get into position, they could not sustain play. They would allow a CJ McCollum three. There would be a mistake on the defensive end, a miscommunication. And you know, but credit to CJ McCollum, credit to Brandon Ingram, who was being trapped this whole game, fought his way through. Uh, Zion Williamson struggled, but hit some, uh, you know, had some key shots too. You know, this was a good New Orleans Pelicans team, and we knew this was going to be a much tougher test than the San Antonio Spurs. And I understand why Clifford's mad, but I'm kind of with the fans. I'm I'm okay with the at least the efforts that they put into this game, especially I'm, Terry Rozier. Uh, we're gonna get to that in just a moment. Well, I am a dog paying attention to a bunch of squirrels right now. We have C.J. McCollum, also a fellow podcaster, not too far away from us, as he's kind of saying hello to people that came yeah. to watch him play. And we got security about to kick some people out and Uncle Phil style. So I'm sorry, I'm gonna try to regain focus. And we'll talk about some of the good coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. We're going to get to some more of the good that we've been discussing and why the fans actually kind of like what they saw from the Hornets in this game against the Pelicans. Let's discuss BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, even golf, you can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, 
where the game starts. More good stuff coming from this podcast next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. They're happy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, New Orleans covered, by the way. Just barely, but they covered. seven. It was a seven line for the Hornets. They were getting seven points. So New Orleans covers, just yeah. in case you wanted to know. <laughs> I did. I did want to know. And let's talk about some of the, the good stuff here for the Hornets, Doug, because I think the number one thing – Nick Richards was the hero for game one, uh-huh. not so much in game two. It's I don't think he was atrocious, but certainly not the same offensive output. Only six points and six rebounds and more minutes played in this one. But Gordon Hayward getting to his spots. Yep. Just like he always does, hitting the mid-range game. But also, how about this? 19 field goal attempts, only two of them from were from the three-point line. I thought the most common criticism of Gordon last year when he was playing uh-huh. was that he was not aggressive enough. We saw him be aggressive in the first game against the Spurs, and clearly in this one, taking it to the rack, finishing at yeah. a high percentage, 37 minutes from Gordon, so they're riding him right now, but finishes 12 of 19, 26 points on top of facilitating and being the connector that he's been kind of tabbed with. Thought Gordon Hayward was very good. I do think also the other leader, Terry Rozier, was putting on some good point guard play. 11 assists, I believe that's a career high, as the PR staff would tweet out. So two leaders. Even the field goal percentage not being great for Terry, Doug, I thought those two guys, on the, for the most part, did play pretty well. Yeah, you look at Gordon Hayward's stat line and you go, oh, only two free throw attempts. Looks like he was taking a lot of shots, but that wasn't the case. He was driving it a lot. He was just getting such clean looks uh, at the basket. And, and credit to his teammates, too, for finding him in those positions. But he was making great cuts all game long. He had two steals. Terry Rozier was active on the defensive end as well. He had two blocked shots and a steal to go along with those 11 assists. And it wasn't just one quarter for Terry. I mean, he was consistently, like, quarter after quarter delivering six, eight, nine points, and then three or four assists per quarter. So just every time he was inserted into the game, he was a positive for the Charlotte Hornets. His backup, Dennis Smith Jr., I thought, did a great job Dennis in this Smith game. Dennis Smith Jr. has been very good, Doug. He's good. He's been very good. Yep. And and I think people took notice on a national scale. You know, I saw some national NBA a accounts little, that little, were checking little, in. A little Havistro. Got a little Havistro treat. Yeah. yeah. He, he – Look, man. You oh, no, that was Terry. I'm sorry, that was Terry. He said he was complimenting Terry. For, oh, he was. He asked for, about. He asked yeah. Terry, and there were a couple of other people that really liked, including myself, what Dennis Smith Jr. was doing. You know, he's shooting the ball a little better. Did have the air ball from the corner, yeah. but we'll work that out. I do think that he's playing well defensively. Kind of oh. had a Lamelo Ball rogue steal, right, where he comes right. in off of his def- off of his guy, where there's a, a. I think it was a center or a big guy that had the ball kind of close to the perimeter. But anyways, it creates a fast break opportunity. Well, here's what you like about Dennis Smith Jr. He makes a mistake on the offensive end. He turns the ball over. Bad pass turnover. Oh, yeah, it was bad he comes up he comes immediately on the other end and I think it was Jose Alvarado. He immediately rips that basketball away and takes it on the other end for for an easy layup. That's what you want. You Don't love it. let bad This is what happens to the Hornets so often. Letting bad offense affect the way you play defense. It has doomed them for years. And if they can find more players like Dennis Smith Jr who don't do that, then this team will be in a much better place. He was awesome. I, I really like what Dennis Smith Jr. has provided this team so far. We did get an update, by the way, from Rod Boone, still in the building, a part of the Charlotte Observer. He wrote Terry Rozier left the arena wearing a walking boot on his right foot, guessing his availability for oh. Sunday in Atlanta is up in the air at the moment. Now, Steve Clifford was asked about this, and we apologize if the lighting is now kind of thrown off. They're starting to turn the lights on us. But we were asked, Steve Clifford was asked about Terry Rozier because he left Terry in the game, right? After yeah. he did suffer that initial injury, left in the game. Steve Clifford. Can I get, wait, can I guess what he said? Because he said this twice now. Did he say, 
Fingers crossed. He might have. I forget, to be honest. I wish I could it's confirm like his, or deny a, that. It's his catchphrase. He really didn't say anything which was surprising. Like mm-hmm. he, It seems like Terry went to the trainer. Trainer, I guess, gave him the go-ahead and then decided, I, I don't know, right? Like Steve Clifford didn't really say anything about it, I guess, is my is my point. But Terry Rogier was out there. I, 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 is, this, is this the warning that everybody needs to leave <laughs> what is going I don't know on? we're gonna we're, scoreboard motion please stand clear we're, we're, we're gonna keep we're gonna keep it right right here and rock and roll and I'll tell you that we got we were two segments in I'm finishing this bad yeah, we're, we're doing that so if you can ignore what's taking place right now I don't even know the if they can hear it these microphones are so good yeah we need to we need to evacuate the building here, here, but, but to your point here's something that's interesting okay Gordon Hayward 37 minutes in this game Terry Rozier, 36 minutes in this game. Big minutes, and he was sticking with his starters a lot, trying to chip away at that uh, New Orleans lead, and and they just couldn't do it. You get you know 26 minutes for Nick Richards, Mason Plumley, 18 minutes. So I, this is, I think, what we're going to start to see. I don't know how long it's going to take for Nick Richards to get into the starting lineup because I think you, I think Clifford likes what Mason gives that starting unit to begin a game, but I think consistently you're going to see Nick Richards get maybe even significantly more minutes than Mason moving forward. Kelly Oubre got 30. PJ got 30 in this game. Book Knight got 13. We can talk about that in the next segment. That was one of the other things I didn't like in this game. James Book Knight not, did not play well. That's a focused take right there from Doug Branson. We're going to give you more focused takes. We'll have one more segment coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. We'll get to some of the other. They're taking us out. Coming up next, they're taking us out in handcuffs. We're, yeah, we're arrested. Doug's back in town, and he's going to get arrested. Um, I'll, I, I'm going to dodge those jokes. We'll come, we'll come back, talk a little bit more about the positive. We are going to talk about James Book Night on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Doug, this is the second game in a row that Book Night finished 0 of 5 from the field. Now, looked awful in this game. I mean, Doug was actively hurting this team. There were a couple of momentum times, too, and I think that is when it was most on notice, right? So a couple plays in a row. Charlotte Hornets are coming back against the Pelicans. James Booknight, wide open corner three, misses it. Okay. Would love to hit it, but okay. Then there's another transition opportunity for the Hornets. I believe Terry hits Booknight in transition. Booknight looks to attack and then loses the ball, turnover, and... Bang, bang, Book Knight makes two killer plays. And this is after the second 0-5 performance for James Book Knight. Look, I think it's only fair to question if his arrest is affecting the on-court play. Maybe it's not because he wasn't very good in preseason outside of the last quarter of basketball that they played before they moved on to the regular season. Either way, I don't like it. Like, by the way, you know, I, I saw some people commenting on this, and normally I, I usually ignore some of it, but it's not – I don't take – any joy in talking about what's taking place with James Booknight via the arrest, via the history of reckless driving, no. or via his performance right now. I want James Booknight to be a fun basketball player. Even with the stuff that's taking place off of the court, I, I hope that gets itself fixed. I hope that he seeks any kind of help that he might need, and I yep. hope that he becomes a great basketball player. But let's call it what it is. He right. was awful tonight it Correct. was really bad from james book night and i hope he fixes it but he hasn't yet look the, i i said this uh, on wfnz i haven't said it on the show yet but you know i did a little research into the nba 
from a team perspective and a league perspective, how they handle these kind of drunk driving cases. And, and oftentimes the teams have handled it just like the Hornets have handled it, giving a very bare bones statement, waiting for this to be adjudicated, which usually takes months. And then after that, the NBA comes along and gives a two game or three game suspension, depending on the circumstances. And the team really never comments after that. And oftentimes these players find themselves on different teams by the time these punishments are actually uh, handed out, because again, this takes months to move on. So, you know, the organization, unfortunately, is is playing by a standard playbook that I don't think is right. I think it's kind of honestly irresponsible, and it probably won't change until, you know, one of these players gets behind the wheel and seriously injures or kills someone. But until then, they're following the playbook. And I'm with you. Like, if, if they're going to play book night, then he can't actively hurt the team, and that's what's happening right now. And you do have another player who has shown the ability. We've said, like, this player looks like he could belong. Maybe he's not, like, fully ready now. But Bryce McGowan's can't be worse than this. He can't be. The, the, the foul, the, the frequency in which he goes to the foul line, I think, is the thing that can save bad play. And Book Knight's not doing that because he loses the basketball before he has a chance to get fouled. And McGowan's at least has that a part of his repertoire. It doesn't mean he's going to be good, but there's something there that you can point to. And he just attacks anyway, which is also, like, it's very good if he can finish at the at the rim. So hopefully that can take place. And I have a responsibility as the leader of the More Thor movement to say, how can yeah. you how can you devote 13 minutes? I get the guard for guard because Cody Martin's not playing, but JT Thor gets zero minutes. He gets a DNP in this game. I don't – I mean, with he, he gives you length. He gives you defense. I, I think he could have helped in this game. Maybe there was a thought of, like, we need to throw a little bit more offense on the floor, but that's not what Book Knight's giving you right now. I had someone come up to me uh, at this game, uh, knows the podcast, and and was uh, uh, saying how much he loved the podcast, but he also, at the at the end of the game, he said, let me ask you something. <laughs> Why didn't JT Thor play? And I said, wait a minute, are you oh, part yes. of the More Thor movement? And yeah. he showed me his membership card, which I'm getting out in the mail that's for anyone awesome. that's uh, that's uh, paid their membership dues. I'm getting those out in the mail. He showed me the membership <laughs> card. He says, of course, I'm a member of the More Thor movement. And then we went, More Thor! And then someone asked us to please be quiet. Mm-hmm. And we did. But It was po- me. I asked him. Yes, I asked him. It's, <laughs> it's true. I thought it was a little rude. You know, I, just, I've, I haven't seen you in, in years, and mm-hmm. now all of a sudden. I'm anyway, to be quiet. But... Um, you know, JT Thor getting zero minutes, I think, is is something that has to change. I think book night, I think those minutes have to be reevaluated. It's only game two, I understand. Uh, but, you know, at what point – here's what I would ask, Walker. At what point are you actually actively hurting book night by allowing him to continue to try to play through whatever is happening both off the court and on the court. Let's go rapid fire takes as we finish out the show today. Yep. I thought PJ Washington Washington was awesome defensively again. I thought he was contesting a lot. I thought against well, he Zion had the Zion. Too. Yeah, he had the Zion assignment, and, and it was a tough one. And Zion goes seven of nineteen, yep. and there was a long stretch. I think he started three of ten in this game, maybe even three of eleven. There was what people thought was not a good foul call that sent him to the line, missed it. Um, I think there was some ball don't lie chance there. Only went to the foul line four times though. The fouling didn't really happen against Zion. It happened against Jonas Valanciunas and Brandon Ingram, who shot 25 combined free throws in this game. P.J. Washington defensively. Offensively, you hope to see him hit more shots and finish better at the rim. I thought Jalen McDaniels, right? Of course, Walker going P.J. and Jalen. This is what I do. But Jalen McDaniels, man, big-time shots, like momentum enhancers. When when the, the team was coming back, 
I, th- I think you can go back to a three-pointer that Jalen McDaniels hit, and that's why he got 27 minutes in this game for Jalen McDaniels. Um, we already gave our Dennis Smith Jr. takes. I thought he was good. Four of seven, hit a couple threes, 10 points, good defensively. Those would be the three. If you want to go unsung heroes, I really liked what those guys did. Well, look, I mean, in a game where they were consistently down 10 points throughout, Jalen McDaniels was a plus seven. And I know we don't want to pay too much attention to plus minus because there's a lot of factors in it. But when everybody else was a significant minus to be a plus in this game, there were only two plus players, and that was Jalen McDaniels and Dennis Smith Jr. The bench stepped up in this game um, and, and in, a, in a significant way. And Jalen McDaniels was a, a big part of that. Yeah, five of seven, four of four from three, hit a huge three. Uh, and yeah, just really impressed with Jalen McDaniels. Probably part of the reason JT Thor is not getting more minutes, right? Because I, we talked about this. They are essentially, the, the, they're not the exact same player, but like they're giving you a little something different in the same kind of slot. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's tough. Uh, any Oh, Mason Plumley hit a left-handed jumper for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> you love yes. to see it. That's fantastic. Well, if he's going to take them, yes, I love this. I don't love to see him taking them, but if he's, going, true. he's going to take them, then I, I do love to see Touché. him make them. You mentioned the crowd. I thought it was a good crowd. I thought, obviously, it would have been like it was almost full full. I think it would have been full full if LaMelo was playing, but the crowd that did show up was significantly more Hornets fans than Pelicans fans, though there were quite a few Pelicans fans. Zion has a lot to do with that being from South Carolina. But uh, I thought, you know, great crowd. They were into it. It was loud. Um, and especially when they cut it to two, it had that, it had a little bit of that vibe uh, where the hive really takes it to another level. So, yeah, love the crowd. And, and, you know, again, I thought this was a game that they're going, this team is going to have to learn to win this kind of game. They're not, I don't, you know, Honestly, I was expecting them to get blown out. I really was. I was expecting this one to be just so different from the San Antonio game. And instead, they came in and they gave the right amount of effort. It's the execution part that they're missing. I'm glad that Steve Clifford is upset about it. I'm glad that he's holding them accountable. And I'm sure, though, in practice, he's going to say, all right, let's get to work. He's not, you know, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that immediately comes in and just hammers guys until, you know, there's, there's discord. You know, he typically balances it with, you know, all right, I held you accountable. Now let's talk about what we did well. Let's look at the film. Let's dig down deep. Let's get into the details and fix this thing. And, you know, I, I have more hope today than I did before this game that they can actually win this kind of game later in the season. I would totally agree. i take this start. You know, yes, of course you want to win. They had their right. chance. They kept fouling. Pelicans hit their free throws at a fantastic rate, and eventually you lose this game. Uh, I thought it was a good fight, though. <laughs> 37 and, free throw attempts. Uh, it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot, and Oof. and warranted, to be honest with you. I, at least you want them to be physical. <laughs> you know, I, I don't think they back down. I will say that, and uh, hopefully they can defend a little bit better and do so without fouling. And get some guys back. you got to get Cody Martin back. Yeah. got to get LaMelo we'll back. Hopefully Terry. this Terry Rozier thing isn't an issue because, look, at some we've, we've talked about it. This team cannot sustain multiple injuries to major rotation pieces that would then we're going to be talking about let's see some more of the young guys until we can get some of these players healthy okay we've been told to evacuate for about 10 minutes now probably (laughs) safe for us to do so and get out of here as fast as possible but that's doug branson in the flesh for the first time locked on hornets coming at you live from the spectrum center not the last time i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna be making more trips to charlotte Getting back, uh, getting the old crew back together uh, in the flesh. Ab- We've said flesh a lot on this show. It's really weird. I'm sorry. I and said I it a like couple times. <laughs> 
Okay, now we need to really go. Thanks for joining us, making us your first listen. Go check out Locked On NBA. Make it your second listen. It's your 30-minute daily update. Everything taking place within the association. Again, anywhere you get your podcast. That'll do it. Have a great weekend. We'll be back with you on Monday. 